Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, kings and queens, princesses and prince. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rise up and rejoice in it because we should be glad in it. I want to bring to your attention our last fruit of the Spirit, the eighth fruit, which is self-control. As we look at self-control, let us today rise and reflect on the topic, my everything, my everything. The scripture that I'm using is still coming from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, and it's verse 23, 22 and 23. Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Let me say it one more time. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. Okay, everyone, let's get this. Now, we must know that we are not consumed unless we choose to be, either consciously or unconsciously, either by the teachings of our environment, that is, from family, teaching from the sandbox that never grow up, from preschool, from our peer pressure, from family norms, from influences that come from things we hear, see, and read. People say that the internet is bad. Actually, it's not bad. We, on the other hand, take ourselves to places we should not be. We have free will to choose in life. Being rigid is just not healthy and has lasting effects on relationships and our choices. When we have rigid boundaries, we create too much space between ourselves and others. A rigid boundary is like a big, strong wall. It feels safe and the wall is a good protection, but it keeps everyone out. So we become isolated and disconnected. This is not how God wants us to be. So people, we have to know that people seated in our balconies of life, that is, they are far off, social media, direct messages, and in the VIP, PIC, the VIP sections of our life, that is, they're up close to us and in our face, in our life, we need to have regular, they need to have regular seats. Let me see that again because that may not be so clear to everyone. We have people in our life that are seated in the balcony. That is, they are far off. They are in the social media realms. They're in our direct messages um, section and in our VIP sections. And these are the people that's close to us. They're in our face. These people are in our life and they need to have regular seats. 
just know that their noise doesn't move us because God has this too. So we should choose to either swipe to the left, swipe to the right, swipe up, or swipe down. In other words, progress onward. Like Jesus says, shake the dust off your feet and move on. In fact, the Lord does tell us in Psalms 23 verse 5, You spread out a table before me, provisions in the midst of attack from my enemies. You care for all of my needs, anointing my head with soothing fragrant oil, filling my cup again and again with your grace. See, the world sees life one way, and God sees us different. Our ways are not as the Lord's. Our Creator is different than the created, just as a parent is different than the child. In our life journey, we must get the discipline. We must get the training so we can continue to progress onward instead of progressing backwards. Or regressing backwards. Though we've been saved and Jesus is standing at our door knocking, waiting for us to open the door, letting him in and get all in our business, we have free will to accept or not to accept. We have free will to choose or not to choose. Let us look at something a little further. The parable of the great banquet, which is in the gospel according to Luke, chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. This is merely about choices, life choices. You don't know what you will get. Never turn down Jesus. This is a sure thing. Jesus is a sure thing and a life saving uh, for us forever well the history around this scripture in the gospel according to luke chapter 14 uh, verses 15 to 24 the history around this says that this reproves the jewish nation for the neglect of the offers of christ's grace it shows also the backwardness there is to close with the gospel call the want of gratitude in those who slight gospel offers and their contempt put upon the God of heaven, thereby justly provoke him. The, gospel, the apostles were to turn to the Gentiles when the Jews refused to offer, and with them the church was filled. The provision made for precious souls in the gospel of Christ has not been made in vain. For if some reject, others will thankfully accept the offer. The very poor and low in the world shall be as welcome to Christ as the rich and the great. And many times the gospel has the greatest success among those who labor under worldly disadvantages and boldly infirmities. Christ's house shall be last but 
I should say it again. The crisis house shall last be filled. It will be so when the number of the elect is completed. So with the parable of the great banquet is reads as such. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast and the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Doesn't this sound familiar to us? At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who have been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Don't people make excuses for the silliest things? The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Excuse number one. Another one said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Excuse number two. Another one said, still... I just got married, so I can't come. Excuse number three. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly unto the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, bring in the crippled, bring in the blind, and bring in the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads, go out to the country lanes, and compel them to come in, so that my house will be filled or full. I tell you, no one of those who were invited at the beginning will get a taste of my banquet. And doesn't that happen all the time? As soon as, let's just say, you're planning something, no one wants to be a part of the planning, but everybody wants to be a part of the, um, the um, what is it, that they want to criticize. They want to be able to criticize after everything is planned. So, we must trust the process. If you just follow the plan and trust the process, God will see you through. And I just want to close with this poem, Everything I Needed. It is by a person that the author is unknown. I asked for strength, and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked for wisdom, and God gave me problems to solve. I asked for prosperity, and God gave me brawn and brains to work. I asked for courage, and God gave me dangers to overcome. I asked for patience, and God placed me in situations where I was forced to wait. I asked for love, and God gave me troubled people to help. I asked for favors, and God gave me opportunities. I received absolutely nothing I wanted. I received absolutely 
everything I needed. And then there's another poem that I want to leave you with. And God said no. And God said no. I asked God to take away my pride. And God said no. He said it was not for him to take away. But for me to give up. I asked God to make my handicapped child hold. And God said no. He said her spirit is whole. Her body is only temporary. I asked God to grant me patience. And God said no. He said that patience is a byproduct of tribulation. It isn't granted. It's earned. I asked God to give me happiness. And God said no. He said he gives blessings. Happiness is upon us up to me. I asked God to spare me pain. And God said no. He said sufferings draws you apart from worldly cares and brings you closer to me. I asked God to make my spirit grow and he said no. He said I must grow on my own but he will prune me to make me fruitful. Well, I asked God to help me to love others as much as he loves me. And God said, Ah, oh, finally, you have the idea. Uh-huh. You have the idea. Uh-huh. You have the idea. Uh-huh. Have a blessed and beautiful, marvelous, supercharged day in the Lord. Be patient with yourself. Be hopeful and merciful and full of forgiveness. And don't forget to love yourself, forgive others, and love them as well. Be blessed.